Hey everyone, welcome to the Walk in the Light podcast. My name is Mark Molino and this is my co-host, Josh Asbridge. Say hello. Hello, everybody. So the Walk in the Light podcast focuses on the Bible, theology, doctrine, and so forth. It is actually piggybacked off a Bible study that Josh and I are a part of. Uh, Josh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, so Mark and I help lead a Bible study with people that we work with, others from church, some are family from different cities or states. Um, We really have a uh, conglomeration of different people. So Mark and I talk about it and said, uh, let's uh, turn what we have into a podcast. Yeah, I have always wanted to start something like that. And when Josh and I met and started to get to know each other through this Bible study, uh, he brought up the idea and I jumped at it. So the way it works is is we, we create lessons through our Bible study. We have the Bible study and then we turn what was talked about in that into a podcast form where we can share it with all of you. And our hope is that God would simply just bless people with what we have to say. We are by no means experts, although we would both like to be. I know both of us would like to start taking theology classes, Um, but we both have similar stories and both of us wanted to use what we have learned to help others. And that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Josh? Let's do it. So first, we uh, on the topic of sanctification, we always like to start out our Bible studies with what is it? What is it we're, uh, we're trying to get from this? What is it we, uh, we're trying to accomplish? Uh, here we have the Greek word for tra- uh, sanctification, which translates into hagiamos, hagiasmos. Maybe wrong. You can correct us if you want. Uh, it means holiness. To sanctify, therefore, means to make holy. Essentially, sanctification is a process of leaving the fleshly and sinful things of this world while becoming more righteous and Christ-like. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 16, we see that, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who will testify before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Yeah, so first off, again, we talk about what is it, and then we go on to the next category, which is what's the point. So we describe what it is that we're talking about, and today, today again, we're talking about sanctification. And with every what is it category, we always like to give at least a verse or a set of verses that kind of, I would say explain the topic itself, kind of summarizes it. And then again, we go into, well, what's the point? So we described what it is. Again, we talked about sanctification, which is to make holy or Christ-like, and we gave verses that kind of explained that. But now what's the point of it? Why do we do it as Christians? And we have a couple of different things here. We have because we are made for it. We are commanded to do it. We are thankful for what Christ did. It is better for us in this life generally, and I'll explain what I mean here in a second. And the Holy Spirit leads us to do it. 
So then our next category is scripture that supports the topic in real world examples. And today in our first podcast, we're just kind of going through how we set up our discussions and our Bible studies. So now that we talked about what is it, what's the point, now we're going to talk about, well, scripture that supports the topic in real world examples. So let's start with because we are made for it. Go back all the way to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verses 27. It says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are God's image bearers. And so because of that, we should be living, especially as Christians, as an example, as a reflection of him. Now jump ahead to Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So again, we talk about just how everybody in Genesis is created in the likeness of God. And then we're talking about Christians whom he foreknew, whom he predestined to conform to the image of his son. So then now let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. So these are the three verses that we chose to say that scripture, again, supports the idea that we are made to be sanctified. Again, everybody is made in the image of God, but especially as Christians, we are made to conform, to sanctify, to make holy, to become a better reflection of Christ. So we weren't just predestined to be a Christian. We were predestined to become more and more righteous in our Christian walk. Now, our next subcategory is we are commanded to do it. We are commanded to be made holy or to become more and more righteous. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Finally then, brethren, request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus, that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know the commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passions like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So I just want to jump back a little bit where it says uh, verse in verse 2, uh, excuse me, verse 3, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. And then it continues on and says that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. So, Right here, Paul is giving an example about sanctifying and abstaining from sexual immorality, but that's not the only sin that we need to abstain from. There are, I mean, if you jump down a little bit, it says, God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, and this is in verse 7, but in sanctification. So it's basically any impurity. It's not just sexual impurity. All right, now we're going to go ahead and go to 1 Peter Chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought up uh, to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. 
But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Now, real quick in 1 Peter, this is something I want to point out. This is a call to Christians. Sanctification is a call to Christians. This is not a call to the unsaved. Now, that being said, these are commands for us to become, again, a better reflection of Christ. This is not a requirement of salvation. We are already saved. And that's why in 1 Peter it says, Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. We are already children. So, because we are already children, again, I just want to emphasize that this is not a call to the unbelievers to you have to do this in order to get saved. You have to abstain from impurity before Christ receives you and accepts you. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Salvation comes first, then sanctification afterward. And again, we should also pause and maybe talk a little bit about there's three parts to the Christian experience in this life. Josh, you want to talk about that? <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, we always like to talk about the, uh, the three steps in the, uh, the Christian life. The first is your salvation, which is the instant process of uh, belief in Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross. We also plan on covering uh, uh, the topic of the gospel and salvation again in, a, in another podcast. But um, it's an instant process that once you believe in the gospel and what Jesus Christ did for us, um, you are saved instantly. The next step is sanctification, which is what we're on right now, which talks about uh, it's a lifelong process. It's not uh, until Jesus comes back, none of our processes of sanctification are fully complete. Um, and then when Jesus does come back, we have the third step, which is glorification, which is also essentially instant. So sanctification is the only one that's not instant. It is a lifelong process of becoming more Christ-like, more obedient. Um, <clears throat> and though we will not defeat sin completely in this life, uh, the idea is, is that a proper sanctification would typically result in sinning less and less over time. Um, but again, we, we're not talking about completely getting rid of sin because in our sinful flesh, we will have sin. But the idea is, is that as we become more obedient and in service to God and walking more in the spirit, uh, over time, we will sin less and less and less. Amen. And one thing I would like to piggyback off, off of that is the fact that although the goal is to sin less and less and less over time. Unfortunately, probably a lot of our walks are more of a roller coaster. We have highs where we're really close to Christ. We're really close to our Heavenly Father. We're, we're defeating sin, and then we just plummet. And although we don't want to be there, unfortunately, I would, I would say that's almost to be expected, at least at some times. Now, we want to not let that happen. The goal is for that not to happen. But I would say that that's going to happen. And so don't think, well, man, I was doing really good, and but now I'm doing terrible. You know, I um, maybe I lost my salvation, which is another topic we will talk about later. There is absolutely no way you can lose your salvation. Again, another topic for another podcast. However, just be careful when you're, you know, in your Christian walk. Again, the goal is to becoming better and better. Again, a closer reflection of Christ, more and more refined. But again, a lot of our times, it's it's a roller coaster, and I, we we want to prevent that. But that 
most likely will happen at least at some point in your life. And don't be disheartened by it. Just remember Christ loves you and to just try to do better. Pick yourself up and keep going. Yeah, off of that, I would like to say that, you know, at some point, and I feel like in a lot of Christian walks, at some point somebody has the this idea of, I'm not doing it right, or I'm not doing it good enough, or why can't I why can't I get it right? Some of the, sometimes these are the types of questions that people will ask. The idea is is that if we were, if we were going to have a perfect sanctification, Jesus Christ wouldn't have had to die on the cross for our sins. We Glorification would, would already be done, right? So the idea is is it's it's okay to acknowledge that your your sanctification, like Mark said, is not going to be perfect. The idea is is what do you do when you when you come into that roadblock? What how how you respond to falling short because you're going to fall short. But how do you respond to it? It's like okay, get in the word, find out. Okay, this is I I, I tripped up here. Uh, we we'll go over another time like the fruit to roots and stuff like that. That kind of helps with that stuff. But the idea is is finding the word. You know like what you need to do to become better in that area. But don't get discouraged by being like every single time I try to do something or maybe it's a specific area or it's, you know, a little bit in all areas. You just feel like you're falling short or you can't get it right. The idea is, is to stay in God's word. And, and, and over time it will, you will start to get uh, where you want to be with it. But like Mark said, it's a roller coaster. Sometimes you're, you're riding that high and it feels like, you're, you know, you're, the ride's never going to end and you don't mm-hmm. want it to end. And then other times you're just like, I am I am just not getting this. Like something is wrong. Like I just cannot seem to connect the dots on what I need to do. And that's okay. Just stay in the word, pray, and, uh, and God will lead you to uh, where you need to be. And also one other thing I'd like to say <laughs> is pray, read the word, and find a good Christian group. Find an accountability partner. Find other believers to get that support. Again, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So that's the other tool in the tool belt of our Christian walk and in sanctification. Prayer, the word, and other believers. So don't neglect that side of it either. We're not meant to do it alone. It's a lot harder when we try to do it alone. And at times, I would say it's probably impossible if we try to do it alone. Yeah, exactly. So the next part... uh... I believe this is the third part we have. What are we thankful for, uh, for what with in regards to what Christ did for us? So uh, the first verse we'd like to uh, do in that in that subcategory is uh, Colossians chapter two, verses six and seven, and it says, "Therefore, as you have received G- Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith." just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. And again, with these, going back to the the subcategories of sanctification, so we talked about we are made for it, we are commanded to do it, and now we're grateful for what Christ did, so that urges us forward to do it. We are not meant to live a faith fueled by fear. Now, there's fear of the Lord, and that's different, but Fear as in we are scared of God and what he might do. Again, we might lose our salvation. He's going to punish me. Now, now there is a, there's an aspect to that about maybe fear of punishment. However, what we're talking about right now is gratitude is what fuels the fire of sanctification, not fear. Gratitude, uh, respect, and, uh, 
and reverence and inevitably love and, uh, yeah, love for Christ. If your if your sanctification is going right, and and I always try to keep keep people in mind that uh, that our love is not the same as Jesus's love. Our love is going to be imperfect. So if you have this feeling like I don't love Jesus the way I'd like to, that's that's okay. I think that's actually a good place to be because you're acknowledging that you're here I am, I'm not where I want to be, but I have a desire to be better. So I think that's a good thing, but I think we need to keep in mind, um, even though we're commanded to love, we also need to realize that even that is a part of our sanctification. We are not going to have perfect love. Um, I wish we could, but uh, it doesn't happen. It doesn't that work that way. <laughs> but uh, the next, uh, the next uh, piece of scripture I'd like to go over is uh, Colossians chapter 3. And that'll be verses 12 through 17. <clears throat> and it says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so, so uh, also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalm and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever, whatever you do in the word, or deed, do all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. The next verse we have is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. And it says, Rejoice always, praying without ceasing, in, every, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And the last one we have for this subcategory is Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 28 through 29. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And again, uh, it's just uh, on this category, it's important to note that what we're trying to say here is we're going to be so thankful for what jesus christ did we should be or we should be so uh thankful for what jesus christ did on the cross for us and and being the uh the the perfect and only sacrifice that was sufficient that in our thankfulness we want to be obedient we want to serve we want to proclaim the gospel we want to witness to others so that's kind of the idea of this uh subcategory uh, and the next subcategory is, it is better for us in this life generally. Um, and I know, Mark, you kind of had a little... Yeah, little so what do we mean by generally? Okay, so when, I, when we say, not I, when we say it is better for us in this life generally, there are reasons that God gives us rules and boundaries. It is not only to honor and glorify him, but it is for our benefit. So there are benefits in this life for following God's commands, for being obedient. However, that is not to say that we won't be made fun of, 
that we won't face trials and tribulations. There's martyrdom. I mean, there's all kinds of things. I mean, it could be worse. However, you know, you look at other countries, people are martyred for their faith. So again, although there are benefits in this life, it's not always a benefit in this life to be a Christ follower, with the exception of we always we, we keep that fellowship with Christ, which is better than anything, and it outweighs any of the trials and tribulations that we might face. So I just wanted to kind of give a little asterisk to that sentence. It is better for us in this life, generally. And so we have some verses as examples, Josh, if you want to. Yeah, so the first one we have is uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 27 through 29. And it says, Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Or can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not go unpunished. So don't commit adultery and you won't be punished. And I think it's also, this is also a verse, you know, when we're talking about a Christian, even though obviously we do not want to commit adultery. um, However, we also need to understand that God punishes us even as children. And that's, a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be fun in the moment, <laughs> yeah. But um, the idea is, is he does it for our good. And the and the other good side to God's discipline towards His children is that um, it shows that we are legitimate children because God tells us that mm-hmm. um, if you it's are in Hebrews twelve that you're talking about, yeah. Essentially, if you're not being um, chastised in any way, then be you're concerned. an illegitimate son. Yeah, and yeah. you should be concerned. So. Even though um, the father's punishment, uh, discipline, I should say, uh, can seem harsh and unenjoyable at, in the moment, it is actually for our good, and it's actually something we can take joy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one we have is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So that's one of the benefits, is that we have hope. You know, we... we Know that tribulation, which we talked about, brings about perseverance. Perseverance brings proven character. Proven character brings hope. And that is a hope that doesn't disappoint. So that's one of the benefits of our process of not only just sanctification, but the tribulation that might come with it. Right. And it, and it adds on to that asterisk that Mark talked about in the generally column. We are to expect to go through tribulations. And even though... Um, they suck. Know, <laughs> it, 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 it's it not great. <laughs> it actually still falls under the better for us in this life category because God uses those to to build us up in perseverance. And it, it actually is for our good. And it's actually something, you know, in a weird way, we can actually take joy in. You know, it's because we know that God is molding us um, the way he wants us to be in those in those trials and those tribulations. Uh, next, we have Romans chapter eight, verses one through four. And it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin, of death, 
For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. <clears throat> so the, the next subcategory we have, the last subcategory, I should say, is the Holy Spirit leads us to do it. And uh, the first uh, piece of evidence we would like to bring for that is Romans chapter 15, verses 16 through 19. And it says, To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest the gospel of God, so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus I have found reason for boasting in these things pertaining to God, for I will presume to speak of any I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by the word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and around about as far as this Elysium, <laughs> something like that, you know, I, there's yeah. a lot of hard words. In yeah, Bible. there is. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And uh, the second one we have is Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the <coughs> flesh are evident, which are immorality impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I have forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And real quick, I just wanted to use this part of the of the verse that gives you a really nice summary of a lot of the things that we want to avoid in our journey through sanctification. So when I said previously, it's not just sexual immorality. This right here in Galatians chapter 5 gives you a really nice list of all the things that as believers we need to not do. Right. So yeah. I just wanted to throw my little tidbit in there. <laughs> Absolutely. And so to finish off here, Back to verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, <clears throat> patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, or envying one another. Now, real quick, I don't want to make this drag out too long, but Josh, you have a really nice description of what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit, because I think there is some confusion about what that actually means. And I think, you know, one thing I want to emphasize, it's not like we are, uh, what I would say is, uh, being led by the Holy Spirit is not like something is taking over our body and it's like this weird out-of-body experience and 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 the holy spirit's just 
taking over and doing all these things through us. Now, I'm not saying that there, we won't be led, that our conscience isn't a part of it, but there's also a really nice, again, description of what this kind of looks like that, that Josh has that illustrates this. Yeah, so this, this, uh, this not only demonstrates what it means to, uh, a really good way to demonstrate what it means to walk in the Spirit, but it also helps us kind of understand how we beat sin. Because if you look at it, if you have a line and on one side you have the license to sin, which means you're going to give into it. Like you, you feel like I, I can't beat it. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to give into it. And that's okay because, you know, I'm, I'm saved so I can do it. And then on the other opposite side, you have legalism, which is basically, I know that's a sin. So I'm just going to say no. And anybody who's ever tried that method <laughs> knows that just simply saying no Nine times out of ten probably isn't going to help you in the long run. Nine point nine times out of ten. <laughs> yeah, nine point nine, and sometimes it might actually even make it worse. Well, now, I mean, an example of that is when Paul says in Romans that you know when I realized that coveting was wrong, I coveted all the more. So right. it actually makes you sin more when somebody tells you that you can't do it or you know you can't do it. Anyways. Yeah, and it, it essentially goes against our sinful flesh. You know, our sinful flesh. Uh, the law reveals our sin, so our, our sinful flesh sees it, and it's like, "Oh, I'm not supposed to do that." All right, now you know, I like, want to do it even more. Like when you're a child, and you you know your your parents tell you, "Don't put your hand on the stove; it's going to burn your hand." Well, now you kind of want to see. You kind of want to see, but and I so again, so legalism is bad, but on the other side, license licenselessness or t- taking in the grace of God for granted is also wrong. So. Correct. And so sometimes people will be like, well, if I'm not supposed to do either of those, then maybe finding that sweet spot in the middle is good. Well, the sweet spot in the middle is the flesh and the law. The flesh equals law. So the idea here is, is that if you try to find that middle ground, really all you're doing is trying to find a place. You know, if you try to find a place from one side of sin to the other side of sin, what's going to be in the middle? It's still sin. It's still sin. So the idea is, is we have to go a separate direction altogether. And I know I know that a lot of people are thinking, well, how do how does that work? Uh, <laughs> well, you're about to tell us. So, that's right. So walking in the spirit is uh, the idea here is first thing we need to keep in mind, just like um, how we're we went over in uh, Galatians chapter five, 16 through 26. We have the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So if if the idea of the sweet spot in the middle of sin is law, then we need to find a place where the law isn't, and it's in those things. And so the idea here is, is if, say your sin is whether it's against yourself, like if it's against myself, I need to remember, how does God see me? The idea here is, how does God see things? So if I'm a child of God, I want to see God how he sees me. And he wants to see me succeed. He wants me to be, he wants me to realize his love for me. He wants me to realize that, you know, he's with me. Not succeed as in prosperity gospel. That's Correct. not what it means. Correct. Succeed as in I have a good sanctification. Exactly. That I'm, you know, that I'm walking in the spirit. Now, if I if my sin is against someone else, lust, for example, that's a yeah, really lust, easy one. Yeah, lust is a really good way to uh, break this down. So if I'm looking at somebody, a female, and I'm lusting after that person, or or you know maybe the you know I just have a general problem with lusting after women. The idea here is that instead of saying no or giving into it, 
instead try to see that person how God sees that person. This could be a child of God. This could be... Um, and even if they're not, Genesis 1, they're still made in the image of God. Still, they are still They're precious. still made in the image of God. Um, we don't want to violate what that person means to God. And so we should approach them instead of, instead of making them objective, we should see them as somebody that God loves, that God wants to have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness towards, faithfulness towards. So the idea here is, is we shouldn't, we shouldn't view the law as uh, something that we have to avoid. Instead, we should view the spirit and how God views people or ourselves in how we should walk. And above all, this is love. If we look at people through the lens of love, then we don't lust after after them. Then, you know, we don't get angry at them. But again, we're, we're wicked. We're, I mean, we still have that Adamic nature, that fleshly nature in us that hasn't been completely gone yet. We're not in our glorified state, so we're going to fail at this also. But the more we practice that skill of looking at people through God's eyes, yes. through that love lens, it's a then growth, we can walk by the Spirit. It's a growth skill. So the more you put it into practice, the better you're going to become at doing it exactly um it's never it's not always going to be perfect but uh that's the idea of what it means to walk in the spirit absolutely <clears throat> so in summary uh we'd like to bring up first timothy chapter 6 verses 11 through 16 which is again kind of our summary verses for this entire topic of sanctification correct so what we have here is it says but you man of god flee from all this and pursue righteousness Godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life which you were called when you were made, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who will testify before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Uh, the idea here also to summarize is that we're to be made holy. We're to be made Christ-like. That word that when people see us, we reflect Christ's qualities to the best of our ability to and that's others. what sanctification means. That's 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 what sanctification is. Um, it's a lifelong uh, process after the moment of salvation. It begins immediately after salvation, and it lasts for our entire life. Only death or the return of Jesus Christ ends the sanctification. At that moment, we move into glorification. Absolutely. So how do we apply it to the, to our lives? So again, I said when we break it down into our categories, we we started with what is it? What's the point of it? Scripture that supports the topic in real world examples. Well, we didn't give a whole lot of real world examples. This topic, um, the verses that we give are pretty self-explanatory, I, I would say. Um, but this is, let's talk about real world right here. Well, the Bible is real world, but let's talk about how we apply it to our daily lives is what I mean to say. And this is the next category, which is application. So once again, it is lifelong. And what is so important to remember is that it does not miraculously happen immediately. The end goal, I mean, again, if sanctification was perfect, then it wouldn't be called sanctification. It would be called glorification, I would argue. Correct. So that is something that we need to remember. When somebody becomes a Christian, 
Don't expect them to, at that moment, be sinless. Our expectations need to be appropriate to where they are at. And not only that, I mean, yes, we need to have the correct expectations for our leaders in church, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. But remember, we're still human. We still have that Adamic, that Adam part of our life. We have Christ's righteousness, don't get me wrong, but we still have that other side that we're continually battling with. And because, again, unfortunately, a lot of the time it is a roller coaster ride, we can't expect people to be perfect. Now, again, we, there needs to be accountability. However, just look at people with grace, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Next, obedience is a practiced skill. So when we're practicing love, joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, it is a practiced skill. Those are not easy to do. Now, I would argue that it probably becomes easier at the moment of salvation. However, again, it is practiced. It's not easy to love everybody. It's not easy to be kind to everybody. But here's the thing. If you make it a priority to be loving, to be kind, to have joy, the easier it is to do. The more you, I would say, defeat the fleshly things, the worldly things in this life, and the more you focus on the good fruit of the Spirit, the easier it is to produce more fruit and avoid those sinful and fleshly things. Now, what is required when we're trying to become sanctified? What, what is required for the process of sanctification? Well, again, once one, you're a Christian. But two, prayer. Prayer is absolutely required. It is through the Holy Spirit's power that we do anything good. We can't take credit for any of this. For that goodness, that joy, that peace, that love, that kindness, all of that, I can't take credit for doing those things. That is just the Holy Spirit through me. That is Christ's righteousness. And if it were up to me, I'm going to fail every time. And so being in constant prayer with our Heavenly Father, asking him for the strength, for the ability, for the desire to do these things is absolutely necessary. And when you ask him, he gives it to you. Now, it's not as simply as you ask him and all of a sudden you're just the kindest person in the world. No, again, we go back to obedience as practiced. But just remember, stay in constant conversation with your Heavenly Father because he gives you the strength necessary to become more and more sanctified, to become more and more righteous. Also, staying in the word is a necessity. How in the world are you to know what is good and what is bad if you don't have it defined for you? Now... We look at the Galatians verse. That gives us the, a really all-encompassing list of what was bad and what is good. But how in the world would you know it if you didn't actually read it? Now, we're telling it to you today, but don't let it stop there. Please, by all means, go and look up these things for yourself. We might be wrong, and we encourage you to let us know if, we're, if you believe we're wrong about anything. However, you need to stay in the Word because, again, it gives you strength, and it gives you knowledge, and it tells you what you need to be pursuing. So remember that. We are fully dependent on this Holy Spirit who produces those good works. So don't take credit for it. Thank God and praise him for the ability to be kind, to have joy, to have peace. I'm somebody that struggles immensely with anxiety and with OCD. Well, I am very thankful when I have peace in my life because it's not through me that I have that peace. It is through Christ. So just thank him because that righteousness is Christ's. All right, so that kind of finishes up the topic for today. Again, um, we just thank you so much. Uh, here, if we were in Bible study, we would say, does anybody have any prayer, praises, prayer requests? And if you guys have any prayers, uh, or excuse me, prayer requests or praises, um, you can send an email to walkinthelight at walkinthelightsp.com. So W-A-L-K 
I-N-T-H-E-L-I-G-H-T at the same thing, S as in Sally and P as in Paul.com. And if you also have questions about what we talked about, ideas for future topics, or if you think we might have been wrong on something, please let us know. Send an email to that link, and we'd greatly appreciate it, guys. Yeah, or even if you just have a burning question, um, you know, and maybe it doesn't need a whole topic over, but you'd like to talk about it. We could we could schedule one on one, or we could answer it in if you're email. Local. What you know, however, whatever makes you feel most comfortable. But if you have questions, don't just sit on. We'd love to help you out with them. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for listening. God bless. We just pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you. Um, that you would be blessed by what we talked about today. That we would be blessed, and that um, God gets all the praise. So, Amen. amen.